I'm welcoming back for the uh, third time, technically fourth if you take the uh, if you count the guest host episode. Uh, but uh, Aaron Osborne has a has a, uh, a tradition here where it comes back every twenty episodes, and this is episode sixty. Aaron Osborne, what's up, my man? Oh, you know, just classic return by me. Another episode in the bag. Another another week of me talking in a different format from my own. Thank you for having me <laughs> once again. Uh, stoked to have you back. Um, now, what, what, like, we'll, we'll cover like your know, stuff on a personal level um, in a second. Um, but uh, anyone who's listening, I don't know how the intro of this episode is going to go. I don't know if I'm going to play music or um, like you know, talk about what's going on. I don't know. So I'm just going to tell you now that uh, this is going to be a rewind repeat episode, but formatted to an Oblivious Maximus uh, podcast episode. So um, anyone who hasn't listened to Oblivious Maximus, uh, Aaron uh, has changed his format since his return, where he and his guests uh, go like full deep dive and break down one particular record of the guest's choice. And that's what we're going to do today. And uh, Aaron, uh, we today are going to be breaking down and discussing uh, Broken Glass by Crowbar. Yes, indeed. One of the best records of all time. And uh, so, like, you know what? I'll fess up straight away. This is my first time listening to Broken Glass by Crowbar. May well be the first time I've ever listened to Crowbar. And it, uh, I I got, like, I got some pretty interesting notes here because it wasn't... It was and wasn't what I expected it to be at the same time, but we'll, sure. we'll get into that like in a little bit later. But first, let's uh, let's talk about what's going on like at the moment. So, uh, you live in Victoria, uh, which mm-hmm. is on the kind of tail end of that kind of six week lockdown uh, that I that like you know everybody knows about. So, uh, what did the last like sort of six weeks like been for you, and uh, like how are things looking now that it's kind of like you can see the light at the end of the tunnel? Um. The, well, I suppose for me personally, the last six weeks haven't been, I mean, it's been challenging, obviously, like it has been for everybody, but I mean, I'm very fortunate in that I can do my job from home and my job hasn't reduced that much. I mean, I'm working four days a week instead of five, but, uh, you know, thankfully I work in, in childcare in primary schools and schools are still open for some kids and childcare is still necessary for, you know, doctors and people who work in you know essential work um so it's been pretty pretty good in that regard i mean also because i work in a essential industry i have a work permit so i can actually leave my house every now and then if i want to and i can i can do a little bit more um but to be honest i was kind of living like i was in this stage four lockdown before this anyway because (laughs) I don't want to get coronavirus. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I agree that people should not be going outside if they can avoid it. Um, so, I don't know. The only thing that was really a sort of a brutal change is the, like, well, there's a curfew, so you can't go outside after 8 o'clock. So, that, that was one thing. And then also just you can only go outside. Well, technically, you're only meant to go outside for an hour a day. So that's pretty brutal living in an apartment building because there's not really much you don't even ha- You don't even have a backyard to go into. <laughs> no, I have a balcony, but it's quite small. So. Yeah, right. But yeah, no, it's it's been, it's been, you know, it's been fine for me. I'm sure there's lots of people that are doing it way tougher than I am and who've had, you know, probably uh, found it quite challenging mentally. I mean, I, I 
our friendship group you know that i'm a part of is is very tight-knit and we talk every day and we do you know lots of video things and like everyone else doing fucking trivia on the weekends and stuff like we've (laughs) just been trying to still communicate with each other so that's been good i mean the only thing that's been a bummer for me is that like most of my family and a lot of my other friends and close you know bandmates and stuff all live in canberra and canberra's totally fine and basically operating as if nothing's going on which is Mm -hmm. great for people in canberra but like mental cavity the band i play in a recording a record that i can't play on because i'm here so like i'm i'm well i mean it's like i don't really it's not a bother to me like and murph our drummer wrote all the songs anyway so he's just playing guitar (laughs) and then I'm going to sing on it at some point, but oh, you know it's man, it's I exciting just, for them. But I I just had like a uh, like a thing where I remember I forget if it was the first or the second time that you came on here. Um, we were talking about uh, what I called Murph Fest uh, because yep. Murph was like you're moving overseas, but he got ruined. He would have yes. got ruined, right? Oh man! Yeah, yeah, he had to, he had to come home. So yeah, he he and his partner had to come home like. They'd been there for six months, I guess. And then he's now been back here since March. And who knows when he's going to go back overseas. So, I mean, negative in that this big life event that was going on for them had to get hindered. But positive in that we can keep playing music with him now. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a a silver lining there for sure. Um, And I I imagine like just keeping on like the the band talk, um, obviously you play in 800 of them. So I imagine like, you know, the the eight nights a week that you spend a band prac of, uh, you're you're probably missing those, I imagine. Yeah, well, I think that's the, that's been the hardest thing, I think. And part of, kind of part of why I, push to start doing the podcast again really was because i wasn't going to band practice or going to shows or whatever so like yeah i mean i was jamming i don't know right before i mean right before this finished i was jamming with three bands in melbourne so like that was you know at least three nights a week i was having band practice and that all got removed (laughs) and we were like year of the rat that i played we were like booked to record a seven inch and like had all these songs got all this stuff ready because we played these shows at the start of the year that were really fun and like that's you know obviously indefinitely on hold and um i talked about last time i was on here but like i was playing with i've been playing with extortion for the last like six or seven months or well longer than that now but like yeah we were doing getting ready to do a lot of stuff and that all got cancelled and (laughs) So who knows if that's going to happen ever again. (laughs) And Mm. so, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's a bummer, but at the same time, like, what do you do? Fucking complain about it. Like at the end of the day, I got a, I got a job, I got money, I got a house, you know, I'll be fine. (laughs) And how's that, uh, how's that Greyhound going? Yeah, she's good. I'm surprised she hasn't galloped in here because <laughs> Made she wants attention <laughs> at this point but i'm sure she'll peer over my shoulder at some point yeah i'm, I'm expecting a little uh a little red head to be um yeah i can i can see him back there. yeah he's uh he's he's having a little snooze right now which he's he chill. usually does uh, g- give it like give it like a 45 minutes though he'll be he'll be peering in so he's not getting enough <laughs> attention so 
um yeah <laughs> um yeah you you are right like you know uh that when when we did like the, the guest host episode we were talking about like how how playing in bands um and being in bands just like it almost becomes your identity to a certain degree and i think you're a like a living depiction of that because you play in so yeah. many of them all the time so having that that little bit of identity kind of like you know restricted so so much in the last six months i can imagine would have been tough but um what what have you been doing like to like again since we last spoke to what have you all been what have been your little uh, like time killers and way to like pass time and stay creative and all that kind of stuff because you obviously have oblivious but is there anything else mm. that's kind of crept in there as well um well i guess yeah we started uh, my my friend john hatfield um who is a great photographer and videographer and stuff who has you know pretty much most photos of the bands that i've been over the years and video clips and things like that he made in in one form or another um he and I were talking about trying to do video stuff for Oblivious Maximus. So we did a video episode with my friend Patty Galvin, who who does all the graphic has done all the graphic design stuff for I Exist and Metal Cavity over the years. Um, we did a video episode together. So me and John have sort of been working on plotting out how to do more video stuff. Um, I think because, you know, John's also not working, so it's something to do for him to kill time. But I he's obviously going to have to teach me how to do it at some point because when things go back to normal, he's not going to be able to do it <laughs> yeah, for me right. anymore. <laughs> so hopefully I can, I can learn that at some stage. Otherwise I've just been, yeah, like, you know, creatively, I mean, I've been playing a bit of guitar and stuff like that, but I mean, it's pretty, to be honest, it's pretty hard to get motivated to do stuff when, at least at the moment, I have no idea when I'm actually going to be able to do it again. I mean, that's kind of tricky, but, at the same time, like with Metal Cavity recording new songs, you know, I've been writing lyrics, so watching lots of sci-fi movies so I can write lyrics right. for, that, <laughs> for my stupid band. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's it really. I mean, aside from like trying not to lose my mind, I've just been walking the dog, fucking figuring out video stuff, watching sci-fi movies, watching TV, <laughs> playing guitar, pretty basic yeah oh, i'm watching i'm watching tons of footy that's the other thing because the afl is on <laughs> every day right now so that's um, the other thing well, i'm doing yeah what real quick on that um so mm -hmm. uh was that a show maybe about three three weekends ago i think um and uh uh my friend paul fox my surrogate father um mm -hmm. he pulled out the afl app to to check on the scores yeah. of the game because even though he's a native uh native englishman he uh um he likes your know, afl and he's a bit, he's a Dockers supporter, I believe, pulled out the phone mm -hmm. and looked at the scores and he was like, oh no, the Dockers lost. And I looked at the score. I was like, that can't be a full game of football. Cause it was like, you know, 37 to fucking 20 or some shit. I was like, what is going yeah. on? Like, did, uh, but it, it turns out they're not playing full games. Is that right? Yeah. The games are shorter. I mean, everyone's, a lot of teams are playing really shit. That's sorry, Fremantle supporters, but they're, I mean, Hawthorne are playing really shit too, so it's it, it's not. I'm not giving grief and not taking it, but they, um, yeah, teams are playing kind of bad. I think a lot of teams are really fucking tired because they have to fly to a different city like every two days now. And jeez, that is brutal. Yeah, but it's been. I mean, I I was saying to my friends the other day, like one of the saving graces of this stage four lockdown, to be brutally honest, has been that the football is on like every day because at least at night time 
I can watch the footy. <laughs> like, yeah, very true. And you know what? It like watching American sports isn't even gonna help either because like you know the games are on like first thing in the morning usually while we're working. So like you know, it yeah. doesn't even really help you that much. So I totally get that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. That is. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah. Big. Big. Uh, big respect to. Uh, big respect <laughs> to AFL. Not interested in it, but if it's keeping uh, people I know like you're know, saying and giving them something to look forward to, then uh, I'll, I'll support it all the way. Okay. Absolutely. This this episode I'm calling Reblivious Repaximus because it is right. uh, a, a collab of the uh, of the two. So. <laughs> um. All right. So. Uh, technically, like you're you're the guest here. Even though it's your format, you are the guest, so you're gonna have like you know kind of the uh, the, the the leading hand here, as it were. Um, but sure. um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sprinkle in my notes, and we'll we'll kind of back and forth and everything. So, uh, why don't you tell us about your uh, your relationship with uh, with Crowbar? Um, well, uh, Crowbar, I probably first got into them when I was in maybe year seven or year eight, I suppose, probably year eight, um, because uh, Phil Anselmo from Pantera is from New Orleans and Crowbar, I got all those bands that I, you know, went on to become my favorite bands are from New Orleans as well. And he is very good mates with them. And being the person that he was in the 90s i guess when his band got really big the good dude thing to do is wear your mate's band's t-shirts and so like in all the pantera music videos he's always wearing crowbar shirts or i god shirts or corrosion and conformity shirts like in in all those music videos and in kind of i guess famously in the pantera video for i'm broken he wears a crowbar shirt for half of the video and an i hate god shirt for the other half of the video oh, that's that's and sick. he's like he's like very that's i mean that's probably the, one of the biggest songs biggest music videos and he's like i mean at any given point where he's in shot you can either see the crowbar logo or the i hate god logo so like like every pantera fan who got into it that way once I saw that video, I was like, oh, well, if he likes it, then I'm sure I'll like it. And obviously I did. And so I got, yeah, I got into them through that. I think probably, it, I mean, this was probably the first record I heard by them. Maybe this, uh, maybe the self-titled album, which is like two albums before it. Um, but yeah, that, that that's that's how I got into them. And I just like immediately loved it was a good introduction, I suppose, to what I would then get deeper into as the years went on. Because I guess, you know, when you like Pantera and you're in year eight, all the other stuff I was listening to was, you know, I was still probably listening to a bit of new metal. I was still listening to lots of Metallica and Slayer and that sort of entry level metal, I suppose. And then Crowbar and that is where you start getting into like the next step down <laughs> into getting deeper into it, you know, because while that, while they're not like an enormous band, they, you know, they have lots of music videos and they have lots of records. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot you can take in at that age. So yeah, that, that was sort of how I got into it. But yeah, it, it basically just like immediately clicked with it because it's heavy, it's melodic, it's, sad <laughs> like and you know when you're when you're that age again like i'm just coming out of new metal so i'm 
dying for someone to complain about something in a song <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i think that's why that's sort of why i got into it yeah no i totally get that and uh like you know, i know that we spoke about this before but um it, it immediately like in the first probably uh three songs third song in can't turn away from dying i was like oh mm. shit like this this is aaron like this and the, a lot of aaron's bands in like you know, in the like the the previous format that it was you know like you you yeah. literally you worship this band like from from a lot of musical aspects clearly um and uh it's yeah it, it was crazy it was like it was like listening to a um a kind of a a heavier like just slightly heavier older like your i exist and i feel correct me if i'm wrong here but i feel like um this kind of era of crowbar at least probably influenced more of the earlier i exist stuff would i be kind of accurate with that yeah yeah i would say so like uh, i and actually i know for sure that this record when we mix uh, when we i don't know if when we were mixing or mastering one of the two the i exist the first i exist seven inch this was the cd that i took in as like the reference thing of how i wanted the the or how i wanted to try and make it sound even though the the music is is pretty different in a, in in the in like a very specific context but yeah certainly this is how i wanted and particularly with those guys in i exist having most of them come out of playing in like punk and hardcore bands like they didn't really know metal i guess as acutely as i knew it and so that it was a bit of maybe a bit of a different context of how they wanted it to sound versus how i wanted it to sound and you know while they were more leaning towards like the crust punk stuff for me it was trying to make that link in with a band like this like have really crisp heavy tones mixed in with you know playing pretty fucking loosey-goosey on the guitar which is right. what i exist is <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally um so uh which i say i noticed i took maybe a couple of like not a ton but a, a few extra notes last night uh so this came out uh via candlelight records which is not something that i'm familiar with but are you would you consider yourself a, a candlelight records um like sort of uh fanboy as it were like do you, do well, you listen to a lot of stuff on that label I think it was reissued through Candlelight. I don't know oh, that they would have re- originally put it out. Because, like, this crowbar around this time is in this weird period where, like, record labels were, like, like big record labels were signing metal bands because of Pantera and because yeah. of uh, Slayer and Metallica, you know, and because those bands were getting big. And I... Th- I don't, I can't remember, but I, I think this probably came out on some weird offshoot of like a major label that was trying to release metal at some point. Because right. the tour, the tour they did in as like the release tour for this record was opening for Pantera. So like uh. they did like a, I mean, imagine a band that sounds like this going and playing stadiums to open for a band, you know, like it's, it's crazy if you think in the context, but yeah, Candlelight put out all, I think Candlelight reissued all their records, like, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, because they all came out on these weird, like the early records all came out on weird little dumb labels from New Orleans. And then as they got bigger, it was like each album's on a different label. So I think they're all combined now, but that being said, Candlelight, 
has a bunch of good metal records if you don't know much about metal and you type that in i'm sure you'll find some fucking good gear on there so (laughs) (laughs) get into that totally um so um the the first track like conquering was uh it kind of caught me by surprise a little bit um Mm -hmm. it was faster than what i thought it was going to be i i I thought that it was going to be kind of all slow, like kind of all moshy, like is, is kind of sure. what I was expecting. But there's there's this, and I, I, I won't go through all my notes now, but there, there's at least like one or two other tracks that have that, like, you know, that gallop, like your punk beat in there, which I just didn't yeah. really see coming. So, um, yeah, I was, I was a big fan of that. Um, uh, as, as the record went on, uh, I'm not going to lie, the, the vocals wore me down a little bit um sure the, it's it's very monotone like you know they're good like they're yeah. obviously really good but it's 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 very it's very one tone but um it can you tell me if there's one or two guitarists in this band at this point two two okay so there is two yeah okay i thought i yeah. thought there might have been but i i had a bit of trouble differentiating if there was like one or two like sort of different things going on there so um but yeah. like regardless that that's a hell of a way to start a record oh yeah that and that song i think is like it's a pretty good song to represent. Like you could play that song to someone and go like, this is Crowbar. This is what they sound like. Like, and that would probably cover most of their careers worth of music is like, that's a good song to describe it. Cause you know, it's weird. It's weird that it starts fast. Cause I don't have too many songs that start that fast. That yeah. being said, like it's good that it's got a fast beat because a lot of Crowbar songs do have that. Then it goes pretty well straight into a you know slow heavy-ish thing oh mate it that, has a that, bit of like that chug part at like i think it's about a minute 15 a minute 20 fuck just holy yeah. shit <laughs> yeah that, so that, was just, a, that was a nifty little treat yeah so and things like and then the end having the big like guitar harmony thing like that's that's the other thing about crowbar that i guess is like very well associated with their band is while they're heavy and tuned really low they have lots of like guitar melody things embedded within them so that that i think that's why that's a really good description of the of the band as a whole um but like from that then it goes into broken glass the the you know the the title track of the record yeah and that's like to me i mean conquering is a great song but to me like broken glass as a record is great it's this isn't my favorite crowbar record as well i'll just put that out there but it is like i think this record is just so important to this type of music because of because of this record and because of almost just because of this song like yeah right I, you know, broken when, glass when you, when you said this like, isn't your favorite one i was like then why did you choose it but if you if you think that it has like you know that that big of a place in not only discography but i guess like you know it's place in heavy music then yeah it makes sense as to why you choose yeah. it. yeah i think because i mean i think and i could probably say the same thing of a couple other of their records but i think like if someone was like what should i listen to of crowbar i would always introduce with this because it's got I mean, Broken Glass, the song to me is like the perfect crowbar song. Like it's just the the riff is just like a dumb hardcore riff, basically. Like ba 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 ba. Like it's just like an easy easy riff. But then it's got a catchy chorus, it does, and then it's got yeah. a it's got a big like 
fun kind of bridge pit riff that's that's not like not how you would normally play something like that it's lots of slides and lots of like trem parts and things like okay so two things about the song broken glass uh firstly Mm -hmm. i i wrote the uh my note here was um the the vocal sorry the pardon me the broken glass vocal section i can't remember the lyrics because i only got to listen to it maybe one and a half times uh between yesterday and today um uh but that like whatever whatever section of the song that has the actual lyrics broken glass in it was was heavy as shit mm-hmm. um yeah. and uh, i also wrote here um at two minutes and seven seconds uh well i'll ask this first do you know if kelly listens to crowbar yeah of course Probably, I, can, I probably uh, showed it to him. I fucking heard Phantoms in Crowbar last night. If uh, if you go to uh, 207, uh, I think it's 207 uh, during um, Broken Glass, or Light Broken Glass, um, it sounds uh, a bit, not exactly like, but I can I can hear Phantoms the death of in that like in that yep, little stretch sure. there and i was like holy shit i okay. i've got to ask uh, i've got to ask if fucking kelly listens to crowbar because uh, as it was the first time that i had heard like any kind of um you know similarity between phantoms and, other, and another band like i know that they must pull influence from somewhere but i just never knew where and i'm starting to think that maybe crowbar had a bit bigger of an influence than uh than maybe what i and other people might be aware of maybe they did i mean i think something that a lot of people in I think, I mean, people certainly know about it now as they've become a lot more of like a legacy band. But I mean, when I first started playing shows, at least in Australia with hardcore bands, like no one that I knew in hardcore, like listened to Crowbar. No one cared about them or thought of them in that light. But everyone I know from America associates Crowbar very heavily in influencing like certainly american hardcore and i know like i know particularly like jamie just has spoken like at length about how much crowbar influenced hatebreed and like how you know it it was like such such a big such a big influence on them and obviously subsequently justice sings in a band with the singer from crowbar now and like stuff like that so like um but for me like the funny thing about crowbar for me was like this band was also like a a link for me getting more into hardcore because again coming from like a metal end and you know when i was getting into this i was also getting into death metal and stuff and um but a song you know songs like like broken glass and conquering and stuff like that they're i mean the structure of it is a hardcore song and the oh yeah 100 you know and it the the length of it is like that the pace of it the drumming on it like a a lot of that is very you know like doing halftime stuff like going from a you know even like the end of the end of this song like in the the main part of the riff it's like and then when you get to the end it's like it it which is you know the thing that every hardcore band does you just play the riff once and then you play it slower yeah <laughs> like, I've, I've, so i've i've got my i've got my spotify open here so i can like you know hit tracks and play little bits in between like so i can kind of remind myself of what we're actually talking about <laughs> so i went to the end of light broken glass and i'm like yeah there it is yeah it's fucking hard so i mean i think if 
for me, this record, like if people, and kind of again, knowing that I was going to be speaking to you, someone who, uh, you know, is a, a big fan of hardcore, that that's why, like, to me, this record, I can really associate with, with that stuff. And I mean, I know, I remember like, I've obviously talked about it with you quite a bit, but like when I, when we started outright as well, like I, I was saying to Yells, like, oh, this is like my reference point of like what a great hardcore band is, is Crowbar to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, <laughs> um, and it's not, funny yeah. that you, you should use, you use the word like, um, uh, like, I, I can't remember if you actually used the term, but like, I'm pretty sure you said the word crossover before between like metal and hardcore. Yeah the the term like crossover I, I my understanding of it is like a, a crossover between like metal and hardcore kind of thing or like i guess it depends yeah, on who I- you ask kind of but um th- this like that that's actually a really good term to use like you know, for for a band like this because like mm. you, I, I think when i think when the term like crossover is used um uh bands that uh like you know, oftentimes get referred to are bands like power trip for example um sure yeah uh, but but this is like even though they don't have like the thrashy super fast element of of metal like this is a really good like crossover between hardcore and metal because it has the elements of both of them like really well meshed together absolutely yeah and i think when people first started using that like the term crossover i mean older people can correct me if i'm wrong but i mean i think when it was first sort of started getting coined it was to talk about punk bands that started playing like punk bands that started getting influenced by metal bands and so that i again old people tell me if i'm wrong but i think that you know that was a lot of bands like bands like dri and stuff that Mm -hmm. and corrosion of conformity and things like that those bands that it was first it was called crossover and then it became hardcore like because that's just where they found themselves and then crossover now like like you just mentioned the way I would refer to that now is more bands that that take metal and hardcore and mix them together. And I know, I mean, a big thing Crowbar talk about a lot when they talk about themselves as a band, but they were like, they were really influenced by like old doom bands and, you know, like Sabbath and the Melvins and stuff like that. And then they, the other side of it that they were influenced by was things like carnivore and you know maybe some more like hardcore and punk bands and stuff as well so kind of mixing you know slow metal with fast punk or hardcore or whatever and then this is where it ended up so yeah i mean i think and to me that's just i i think another big thing about crowbar as well that i really love is the music's like it's it's like very beautiful in its simplicity like it is yes, so that, basic I, I, I couldn't but agree it's more. great i couldn't agree more um and uh so <laughs> uh, we, we move on to uh on to track three uh turn away from dying mm-hmm. or can't turn away from dying um yeah no, notes i have written down here uh good lord this goes for a long time um <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know how long it is uh it goes for uh, it five minutes and one second uh which is significantly longer than what i'm used to to be honest yeah that's not that long (laughs) it's it's not like it's not for someone who like you who listens to really long fucking like you know metal doomy songs for me that's Mm -hmm. like your two to three songs of my usual listening um the the whispers are very new metal but like i don't hate it like you know that that was was an interesting take so the whispering is phil anselmo from pantera 
no he, way. He's doing the yeah, because that's his. Imagine that's like imagine his like thing. hey, can you come in and do guest vocals for us, please? Yeah, what do you want me to do? Can you whisper, please? Yeah. So he <laughs> his his other thing, his other like big connection with Crowbar is that he produced their self-titled record and then after producing that record he then you know becomes incredibly involved with the band promoting them through his music videos he's also in a band with the singer and drummer are in another band with him called down that are are quite a big band as well um but he sort of becomes very like tightly ingrained with crowbar over these couple years and yeah, he produces a couple records, and then on this this record is produced by a British dude who did like all these British doom records, particularly for this band called Paradise Lost, that are an old English doom band. Crowbar do a tour with Paradise Lost, and then I guess love whatever record they've just put out, and then go to record Broken Glass and get the dude that did the Paradise Lost record to come and do it, but. So Phil, from everything I know and everything I've seen, is like in the studio with them the whole time they're recording, but not producing it. So he's just like whispering on songs, and <laughs> it, for there's like a lot. Of, there's a big chunk of this. There's a a video companion to this record that's called uh, "Like Broken Home," brackets video, um, and it's on YouTube. It's free. You can watch it. But it is like the, it's like a weird doco history of some tour video. And then it's like, has heaps of footage of them recording this record. And all throughout him recording vocals, Phil Anselmo from Pantera is basically standing behind him, like telling him how to sing. and Like right. telling him like, <laughs> no, do that again, do that again. And then obviously he whispers on the record. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's that's a hell of a uh, an, an input to a record. That's for sure. Now, um, I, I did say that this song goes for a long time. It does go for five minutes and one second. But, um, I actually I didn't feel like it it went for that long. I I I was a little bit um, I was a little bit hesitant to like to to really be able to just sit down and pay attention for the whole five minutes, but. It uh it actually went went by like you know quicker than what I thought it was going to because it's it's like it's it is it's a really strong and good song. Um, the just looking at the number kind of like scared me a little bit, but if sure. if, if I can if I can sit there and pay attention and be like yeah cool I enjoyed that whole five minutes then I'm pretty sure anybody could. So um and this was I think this was the first song uh, that I made a note uh, that this has I exist written all over it. So, yeah. uh, cause, uh, my, my, um, my, I exist fandom doesn't stretch too far, but I do love the turn for the worst LP. And this is yeah. something that I can like, you know, I could see you like you're covering, for example, just because if it, it fits in that lane so, so well. Oh yeah. And I think, I mean, probably a, like a note, another note that I made, like obviously on our seven inch, I use this as like a reference point for what the band should sort of sound like or what the record should try and sound like. But I think a big thing for me with this band as well is that to me, this record and then next record, Oddfellows Rest. And Oddfellows Rest is probably my favorite record. I don't know. Yeah. Like a coin flip, but it's probably my favorite Crowbar record. But between this record and Oddfellows Rest, those are like to me the two like best 
sounding guitar for how i play guitar so like if i could ever have a guitar tone it's this record and othello's rest so i know for sure the the approach that i've always taken to playing guitar has been pretty similar to or or, you know what i interpret the tone of a band like crowbar being which is like you know pretty like down tuned quite heavy quite distorted but really chunky like not um Mm -hmm. yeah uh, having having for in guitar terms like having some level of mids still apparent in your guitars like where um new metal bands cut all the mids out so it's just bass and high end crowbars a bit more flat across and that's kind of how i always have played guitar and the other thing for these guys too is it's always been like and i mean i've I've seen i've played with them i've seen how they do it but like it's pretty straight like guitar one pedal guitar head like it's not a pedal board it's not this you know it's and that's why the way i've i mean you know i i know people who play in bands that have the biggest pedal boards ever mental cavity rowan who plays in mental cavity has a pretty fucking big pedal board like that's fine if that's what you got to do but like i don't like that for myself and i also don't understand how to use it so my guitar tone we actually had that discussion i think the first time you came on if i asked if you were a gearhead and um you were just like no not really like i have the same stuff that i've had for ages if it hasn't been fucking stolen um and uh (laughs) and yeah you're like you're just a you know i'm not even sure that you would use a noise suppressor just a fucking tuner and like you're, you're good to go well, I do actually have a noise suppressor, but I only bought a noise suppressor when I started singing in a band because it <laughs> I couldn't control the feedback. <laughs> Whereas yeah, <right. laughs> prior to that, I was pretty I was pretty good at navigating it. But um, yeah, like I mean, I mean, I can see my pedal board from here. My pedal board has four pedals on it, but one is a noise suppressor and one is a tuner, so yeah, they don't they don't count. So is, is one I have of the other two, two pedals. <laughs> Uh, no, but I oh, have okay. used a big muff before. I uh, did. I when I played in Sex Wizard, I had a big muff, but not anymore. Okay, I don't fair need enough. That. Fair enough. Um, but right, yeah, so... th- this this kind of vibe is m- very much me. Oh, my like guitar yes. vibe. Hundred so. percent, absolutely. And like you know, uh, from from like all of it, from the tone to the tuning to like the the how slowly it's played. Like it's it's literally like you personified in a song 100 percent, absolutely um so i'm glad that you think that oh fuck yeah yeah 100 <laughs> percent. um so wrath of time by judgment um track four mm-hmm. opens up with a two-step beat which i thought was pretty interesting yeah. like i think that might be the only one on this record but i was like damn sure, like yeah. you've gone from like you've gone from like a really slow doom doom song to like dude i was like oh shit here we go like it, i love how yeah. they like just switch it up all of a sudden five minutes of like slow like your jam and then bang like with the energy i fucking love that and then um uh wrath of Ju- time by judgment uh I, it's not coming to my head but i had down heaviest track on the record question mark which at the time may have just been okay. what i had heard so far um and uh, i also wrote um by uh 20 uh oh, like 0028 someone has been kicked in the face because <laughs> <laughs> <That's good. laughs> the uh oh, I got yeah it. the where, where is it oh 
fucking do 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 oh fucking yeah. hell the room has and exploded that, at that point holy shit that's what i mean like this this record came out in 96 i think and so like i think if you oh, if shit. you think com- comparatively of the era as well and i mean this is their fourth record and for their in 96 or something like this to come out like in the scope that it is if you look at the realm of like heavy hardcore bands and again i'm not an expert on this but like i to me as a massive fan of this band i can hear so much of this band in the next six years of hardcore like is is stuff from this record you know um I mean, particularly the fa- like, particularly how low they tune, and how- and then how that then informs that stuff what, as well. Like, what what tuning is it in your thing? Is it like you know, sort of they, s- they drop C, they C standard, something like this? No, they play in B standard. Holy is the tuning shit. on this record? Yeah, um, so it's pretty. So, it's pretty low. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I um. When you said 1996, uh, I re- I kind of finally put two and two together. When you pointed out that uh, uh, what ha- uh, what was that what was that label that I bought up before um, that kind of did but didn't release it? Uh, Candlelight Records. That's right. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, it turns out it was actually done by Pavement Music originally, and um, yeah. that, that that also I literally just now realized that because it had been re released and put on Spotify, the year was wrong. Um, so this was actually yeah. released 10 years earlier than what it says on Spotify, which just blows my fucking mind. Cause I, 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 the last 24 hours, I've been under the impression, bless you, uh, that, uh, <laughs> that this record came out in 2006, but it was actually 10 fucking no, no. years early, which just makes it all the more impressive. Yeah. And that, that's where like, I think you look and I mean, this is, this is where I've always compared it to in hardcore that satisfaction by hatebreed comes out the next year so like and again i don't know i could be wrong i'm sure other people i mean i got friends that know people in hatebreed but like maybe they can tell me but i mean if this this is the fourth crowbar record and the two records before this have like pretty fucking ass beating songs on them as well like for (laughs) for hatebreed to do satisfaction a year later like i to me that suggests that like these records have compounded obviously amongst everything else that's happening in hardcore and metal. But to me, I can hear Crowbar very, very deeply in Hatebreed. And I think that's why I like Hatebreed a lot is because of Crowbar. <laughs> so- yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. That, uh, that fucking chuggy breakdown at like, just like, it's like no symbols, all Tom, all kicks, all chug. I'm yeah. like, fucking let's fucking go. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. uh, I think just maybe if I like had to walk down, like, you know, the, the strip, like your, whatever you call it, the stage at, at like to be a wrestler, I think that might just be fucking it. Cause that's God, sick. Damn. That shit's heavy. Um, so track <laughs> five, track five, uh, nothing more, uh, has, not obviously not the first appearance um the first time you hear it as the band but it's also where you hear singing for the first time and i was way yeah. into it i i really enjoyed the like the singing part of it like the to hear mm. like a bit of vocal like your know, melody come in for the first time on this record was a big big fan uh put in um one of my notes uh head aaron is banging his head um 
and uh, Good Lord, another five minute song. Um, yeah, it's, hell uh, yeah. Last note was uh, wasn't so bad, but um, but was one speed the whole way through. I didn't enjoy it as much as um, what the can't turn away from dying, which was the first like kind of mega long sure. song on this one. So like still good, but I, I think I preferred the long one. The uh, sorry, pardon me, the first one better. Yeah, this this song is kind of like a pretty good representation of the other side of crowbar. I think like if one side of crowbar is like the pretty hardcore influenced or what would go on to influence like more metallic hardcore stuff this is like the other end of the spectrum like where they're you know he's a depressed alcoholic who like loves slow doom metal like sabbath and melvins and stuff like and a thing that's really i mean that crowbar talk about a lot that i think is something that i guess doesn't get enough context of in this band but like the kirk who sings in the band has like openly said like he is so incredibly influenced by like classic rock uh, classic rock and like pop music of the time like he is a huge like he loves like kiss and lots of those sort of classic rock bands but then was like I think he's like pretty openly talked about how like one of his biggest influences, I at least from memory, is like Fleetwood Mac and stuff like that because of wow. like because of singing and I mean it, the other thing as well like this band, it's funny talking about this now as like a thirty year old, <laughs> well thirty one year old, but like Kirk who sings this band is like fifty five years old, so like he's you know he could be my dad <laughs> and like this um so he comes obviously from a completely different time than i do so like the influence on this music is very different that's that's what i find very personally like when i i've always been a real advocate for like if you want to sound like a band don't rip them off rip the bands that they ripped off like you know if Uh, if you love yeah if you love crowbar and you want to sound like crowbar don't try and write a crowbar song like you gotta you gotta try and write a black sabbath song that's mixed with a punk song like that that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna find your feet in that and that that's how i've always approached like i exist that's how i approach mental cavity like i don't want my band to just be ripping off the the most recent thing like you got to go back to the source and then find your version of that. And I think a song like this with him trying to, you know, he's got his melodic singing happening over this slow doomy thing. That's, that's, that's the mixture of that, that I like. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and then, uh, track six, burn your world. Uh, I had Mm. like speed exclamation point just like huge tempo change it just like again that's the second time they do that yeah. on this record like they, they'll hit you with a long slow one and then bang like they just come at you like you're just straight at the next song bang with like with all the speed in the world I, I really love that like that kind of like one end of the spectrum to the other like without warning like big big fan of that um oh and uh for burn your world uh, i had uh uh like a minute 37 love a closed hat breakdown <laughs> fucking love that shit <laughs> boy boy do i yeah man so it's uh, like, my other like, like... Uh, a, a, a symbol or like a like an open hat breakdown is one thing 
but like there's something just on another tier with like a closed hat breakdown just gets me so fucking music horny i love it so my other big note with this in the context of this band is that so kirk who sings and plays guitar in the band he started the band with a guy named jimmy bauer who is the guitar player for my head god um he plays drums on this record and the next record and did later on in his career i he is a person who i have quite famously like ab- abusively sweated my way into becoming <laughs> friends with him <laughs> um, we've discussed that <laughs> so he's a lovely person that i'm fr- that i am friends with he is the background on my phone he i have photos of him on my on my walls I have five I Had God tattoos, um, but he plays drums on this record and he plays drums on Oddfellows Rest, the next record. And this record for sure, again, another reason I chose it is like for sure, while it is the simplest thing in the world, I think this record is my favorite drumming of all time on any record is this and Oddfellows Rest because it is like, he's so tight in being the most basic groove driven drummer like it is all about the beat the fill isn't some bonkers weird shit it is just no it's not exactly to get from the next riff to the next riff he plays three cymbals he closes his hi-hats on it's not on this record but on odd fellows rest there's a song where he plays like it's like a deep chug riff and he's playing a fucking cowbell. Like I Ooh, just love <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> like I like so, it, now that you yeah. said that, like I that is one of the things that, that like it definitely stands out in and you know what? You actually said it before. Like the the beauty in the simplicity of this record is like outstanding. Mm. Like it's it's definitely like you know, there, there's no major big crazy um like solos. There's no crazy big Ooh. like 10 tom fills or like insane no. double kicks or anything like this but it's an undeniably good like you know just flat out like you know good like hardcore crossover metal record like it, it the simplicity is really what gives this um like you know, a whole different flavor and you could maybe maybe nail that down to the time like you know 1996 oh yeah i can't, I can't imagine mm-hmm. that um uh that like the the goal for a drummer was to be the most like uh fill driven drummer there was on the face of the earth not that it didn't exist but like i don't know that this was there was really no need for it it was good without those things so there was no need no need to really force it i don't think yeah and it's interesting too because the two while he while he started the band he he's not on the first three records but he comes back in on this record and then plays drums on the next two rec- this record and the next record and um it's like i i think i think the i think the next record is their perfect lineup as a whole band but this record is like the the start of that the guy who plays rhythm guitar on this record is like a good guitar player he plays on a couple of their albums and the but the guy who plays on the next record is like really brings it all together um but i mean this record as a whole is like i think yeah when i started playing drums not to be like 
you know when like like anyone who's a teenager who plays drums i had and was listening to death metal i had fucking long hair and a million rack toms and tons of cymbals and was playing death metal so i i I thought i needed to be really fast and play really light drumsticks and all that nonsense and then uh, i guess i started playing guitar more and i started listening to more stuff like getting back really back into things like i hate god and crowbar and stuff and i was like i like the basic stuff way more than i like the difficult stuff for me like for me playing and i'm better at that because i'm not as good as i want to be and for me this band was like when slow burn started for example like i was like oh i'm just gonna play drums like crowbar in a melodic hardcore band like i'm gonna buy 24 inch ride cymbals and just hammer the ride cymbal the whole time i'm not gonna buy crashes i'm just gonna buy a ride two rides and that's all i'm gonna use and like i did that and i i had i mean it's not my drum kit anymore but like i the drum kit i bought that i used for most of Sloven and in ford ed for a bit and stuff was like 24 inch bass drum 14 inch rack tom 18 inch floor tom and then massive cymbals that was just because of this record like that's what's on this record so that's how that's the good drumming and the biggest thing that i regret about playing drums is like he plays single kick on this record and he does it on the next record too no double kick and i love that shit and i've never been able to do it because i've always played double kick everything about how i play i need to kick pedals to do it but like i love people who play single kick so much i respect it so much and that's i think why i love murph playing in i exist in mental cavity because he plays single kick it's always single kick and i just love it and this yeah, that, it I, comes from this I'm, record that's really cool that you bring that up actually because when i was young and wanted to play drums i naturally instinctively thought oh i listen to heavy music i have to be able to play yeah, you gotta have like, a double, you know, double kick, kick. But then mm. when I actually started playing drums when I was, uh, what was I, 21, 2021, 20, um, uh, I, I, I never owned a double kick because it's mainly because the music that I have found myself playing doesn't really warrant it. Um, but I yeah. felt the same thing. Like the, the, I just felt like there was there's something really special about someone who can play drums well with just one of them. Um, and yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like I, that, that's actually, I wouldn't have known that. Well, I mean, maybe if I listened to this record a few times over, I would have been able to figure it out because you just don't hear that. Like, yeah, it's just not used at all. Yeah, exactly. It's just not there. But yeah, now that you actually bring that up, that's one of the finer points that I definitely miss. But again, that's just another, another example of that, like beauty and simplicity. So, um, yeah. Um, track seven is I am forever. Um, yeah. My favorite song on the record. I would, I would damn near agree with that uh i and i mm. actually wrote down uh two minutes 30 seconds very i exist so that like you know mm. please like, i imagine that's probably you know, <laughs> another thing that you pull influence from um the um i i wrote something down here was a question um something that mm-hmm. i think maybe you could probably speak to more so than me just because this is your lane but um is crowbar in the same lane as like stuff like machine head um i wouldn't i wouldn't connect them that much but certainly aspects of it are the same i i think i think in in that well in that they're very much like a second wave band 
for sure. Like they're like Machine Head. I mean, the singer from Machine Head would probably be the same age as these guys. Like, and they they were in they were in a hardcore band or you know, hardcore thrash, whatever. This band Violence before they did Machine Head, and like, um, there certainly there's I would say certainly there's very there is a lot of similarities. Machine Head obviously went on to become like a pretty dumb like <laughs> stadium metal band, but right. um. Yeah, I would say like early Machine Head, yeah. Actually, and the drummer, the original drummer from Machine Head plays on the record of the shirt I'm wearing. So there is a connection oh, to Machine Head. Yeah, sure. okay. So there yeah, there is a link between the two. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um uh I wrote down uh, not much to say about this one. Uh one of the um uh, one of the slower songs, but this one was... Uh, I actually felt like this one was a bit weaker. I think, again, I enjoyed uh, the first long song, um, Can't Turn Away From Dying, the best. Uh, mm-hmm. Out of the out of the three kind of lower, longer ones, pardon me, slower, longer ones, I, I actually liked the first one the best. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah, again, like, you know, that at 2.30, like, you can tell, like, you know, it, it plays right into your fucking wheelhouse. So, um, <laughs> um, now... Ch- uh, eight is, uh, above below and in between. I, I don't know what I was doing, but I didn't actually write anything down for this one. So, um, this my is, only it, note it only on goes that... for, yeah, you go, you go. My only note on that song is that it has heaps of, um, Phil Anselmo whispering in the background. And then also right. it, it has one of my favorite parts of this record, which is that the, vocals start by him saying destroy and hanging on the like oi at the end of destroy for ages and <laughs> i just i just love that i love i love it so much like if and if anything that i've ever done singing or yelling or whatever in a band it's like well i'll just yell it for longer like yeah, and okay, it comes from enough. it comes from things like this like oh that's how you sing just do that for ages <laughs> all right fair enough um i'm just skipping through the song here like you're just kind of while we're talking i'm not sure why i didn't write anything down because like there's some fucking heavy i'm, I'm at like uh, what am i at? two two minutes and 10 seconds and it's fucking heavy like th- this like yeah. that like single note guitar stuff is just like fucking hell like s- and then, oh, yeah, I mean, and there it is again. It just, like, closes out heavy as shit. Oh. Dun, 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 dun. oh, I love that. Like, the the tom, like, oh, damn. Like, I love that. That's... When when two toms get hit and there's dead silence. <laughs> oh. Big fan. It. I don't know what the hell I was yeah. doing last night where I didn't write anything down for this one. What the fuck was I doing? But, um, yeah, that's... uh, Damn, that outro is heavy as shit. Yeah, I mean, and I think that, if anything, that's got to be, like, the biggest takeaway for me with people with this record is that, like, you know, if you haven't heard this band before, you haven't listened to, or you don't think you've listened to music like this, like, put this record on and, I mean, the other thing too is, like, listen to it through something that has good low-end response because it's tuned really low and... The kick drum mixed with the guitar is like it's fucking killer. I mean, even like that 
I Am Forever, like, while it's, like, one of my favourite songs ever, the, the like, kind of pit riff at the end is all, like, <laughs> single string guitar, basically. And for some reason, which is great, the bass plays the opposite way of the guitar. So, like, the guitar's on, like, the 12th fret on the E string, like, quite high up, but because it's tuned so low, it, it, it still sounds quite heavy. Yeah. And the bass the bass just plays like slides like it just goes like boo boo <laughs> which is like my as as someone who recently became a bass player doing slides is like that's the coolest thing in the it's world it's so fun isn't <laughs> like, it <laughs> i remember being like 15 and playing bass thing that like bass slides were just the coolest shit ever Oh, oh it's the when there's a couple extortion songs that purposely have slides in them and the feedback i got after maybe like my third or fir- fourth time jamming with extortion was like man you're nailing those slides and i was like that's all i'm here for Fucking i'm only here go. for the slides <laughs> i don't care about the, the fast a- songs i just want to hit the slide <laughs> also a good filler for when you forget to play something so just, oh I don't yeah know, i don't know and what's coming up here <laughs> actually that's a really good that's a really good adrian kelly reference when he played guitar and i exist i think there's a video somewhere on the internet maybe when we played hardcore one year there's a video of us playing and i've had two beers so i can start teasing him um but there's a there's a video of us playing and he's clearly forgotten the riff and it's just both both me and him sliding for no reason like he's forgotten it i don't know if i've forgotten it or if i just can't play it either but like it the video that's shot is like it starts on the other side of the stage and Josh and Sam, who play the other guitars and I exist, are like playing it correctly. And then it comes over to me and Kelly and we're both playing it wrong and just sliding. Like I would have loved so, to have like been a fly on the wall at that exact moment and just be like, what the fuck are these guys doing? Like, But we don't need to be a fly I on the wall because there's video evidence of it. Um, yeah, and shit. I'm sure we had no idea what we were doing. So Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, when you, when you got 800 guitars, like you're know, playing... 12 and a half minute songs i'm sure something's gonna get you know forgotten eventually yeah. so doesn't um, it, that was the whole that, point in having if, four guitar players is and if that was uh if that was the year that um that we've spoken about before where like kelly just so happened to be there and you're like oh, okay cool let's just throw another like guitar on there then like you know, there's only so much blame that someone can take because it happens so spare at the moment so oh yeah yeah who cares and oh, i, I shit. we i think if anyone if anyone ever saw I Exist and was like, man, that band was tight, I would be very surprised. <laughs> like, we, I don't know that we, I don't know that we ever played a show where we were tight. And I think maybe like the two or three times I ever played guitar for I Exist live, like Stone Cold Sober, were probably like the three worst shows I've ever played. <laughs> so, uh, that would be like, a really cool experiment to like to to have you like to have everybody in the pan in the band like play like a dead sober set and then like have you play it like a you know pretty buzzed like you know set and see what the difference was that can be a pretty cool experiment to see um uh track nine you know i'll live again uh i wrote down much needed tempo change uh oh another two-step intro Mm. okay so i was wrong before there was actually another one um it keeps the speed up uh which i which i very much enjoyed a good good pacey track 
Um, and uh, again, I wrote, I exist again at a minute 37. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, no, I would say we said, all right, yeah. Now that we're talking about this record a lot, I would say like, probably not the other guys, but me definitely took a lot from this. And around, if you're referencing that turn, turn for the worst record, like other than, actually, no, I think I read everything on that record. So probably that's, that's why, like. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, uh, I actually, that this is where like, it kind of, um, at, like that, that sounds like three minutes and eight seconds. The one before that was three or one, like that, that's like right on the run of the edge of like, you know, how, like how long I can kind of, you know, pay true attention <laughs> to, to be honest. Like, but it's, uh, yeah. you know, because it's so the heavy, extent it's pretty, of your palate. pretty much. Yeah. Unless it, unless it's something that I'm very heavily invested in or I'm familiar with, or like, you know, the, a style that mm. I really enjoy, like, you know, that's where it starts to, and that's why I'm pretty sure I have no notes for track number 10 reborn through me. Cause I think by this point, like I was just feeling a little bit like worn down. I was like, you know, th- this, this goes for 38 minutes and there's only 10 songs, but like by this point, I'm kind of like struggling to pay attention to be honest, <laughs> just cause it's so yeah. far out of my lane and because well, it's going for so long. Yeah. It's certainly, I mean, it's certainly confronting if you're not used to that stuff. Like, I mean, and I guess I think for me too, when I got, by the time I got into this band, I would, I mean, Metallica songs are fucking long as hell. But like, oh, yeah. I'm, I've already, I've already spent a lot of my youth at this point listening to songs that are five plus minutes long. So, yeah, to me, a lot of this is probably like a relatively short song comparatively <laughs> to what I was listening to at the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, like, I, I think the last, like, you know, I mean, the thing, the kind of other big thing for me on that last track, Reborn Through Me, was um just because it's another slow track you know like it's i think because by this point like i'm you know some 35 or so minutes in and i'm like oh man here we go like another long fucking song because i think by this point i'm just musically fatigued like you know so i think yeah um that being said i would say yeah you go no no you go i'll go um that that being said like uh, the the reason i will listen to this again is just because I mean, mainly because of this conversation, I can kind of like reflect on what we have just talked about, what you've brought to the table as a legitimate fan and, um, and take that back into like the next listen and be like, you know what? Like I I'm hearing everything that Aaron was pointing out. Now I'm hearing the, the subtleties and the simplicities and like making sure I've got something that like, you know, has a lot of that low end so I can hear like, you know, the, the single riff stuff and like the kick drum and all that kind of stuff um so uh yeah like uh, it's like even as someone who doesn't listen to you know heavy heavy music on a regular basis like i can definitely see myself listening to this like you know again just because it's um you know i i'm i am very simple with my music i i don't really feel like i listen to a whole lot of extremely uh technical or weird stuff and i think that's why i could right revisit this and enjoy it just because you know one of my favorite bands ever is down to nothing and they're literally as yeah. simple as it fucking gets. The songs are significantly shorter, mm-hmm. uh, but the like, yeah, you know, I, I I do love simplicity because I think largely it's because I can relate to it. Not a particularly good musician, um, and uh, and I enjoy 
almost everything in any aspect of my life in its simplest form. And I think that's why I did enjoy this so much. Um, I'm also going to try to listen to it a little bit earlier in the day as well. So uh, not, yeah. not like, not like you know, <laughs> I'm not going to start it at like 8.30 in the evening and try and make notes. Next time I can just sit down like you know, during the day while the sun's out and like really embrace it for what it is. Yeah, well, I mean, like... I think yeah, this this record for sure is like. I think it's a a great introduction to Crowbar, I suppose, and then as well, if you get into it, it's a good step to get into the other stuff. Like the stuff that's earlier than this, isn't probably as polished recording wise, so it it doesn't sound as good, mm-hmm. but the songs are great, and then the record following this that I mentioned a couple of times on fellows rest is like, that's, that'd be my favorite record. I, I would quite comfortably say. And as well, like it gets a bit, um, it, it, this is like a good intro to that because that record probably has a couple more real long songs. And then it probably also has a couple more songs that are like super, super heavy, like real yeah. chunky, real, like, I think, they did it, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, um, but they did like a... Uh, Jake Bannon from Converge did a this festival roadburn in Europe, does like a thing where they get someone to like curate the lineup, basically. And he curated the lineup of the festival. And one of the things that he put on the festival was Crowbar playing Oddfellows Rest for its 25th anniversary in full Sick. and like roadburn is like a doom festival so it kind of was a bit weird that this metal hardcore doom crossover band was like very high up on a festival and the singer from converge put them on but they then went on to do like a uh, like a couple uh, like a, a little tour in europe of converge playing some record i think in full and then crowbar playing Oddfellows rest in full and nate who who plays bass in converge that i've you know i'm i've become friends with over the years from playing we toured together and stuff he um he told me it was just like unreal seeing them play that record and again like these guys are like yeah i mean two of them are like old enough to be my dad and they're playing like really heavy niche music still to like a great level and yeah mental cavity was fortunate enough to play with crowbar when they they came here last year to be honest actually it's one of like the last shows i played i think maybe it was like the third or i did this year of the rat shows but i think it was like almost one of the last mental cavity shows i played with crowbar and like i was kind of half expecting them to be really bad but just because they're old guys and it's music from a long time ago and yeah. who knows you, you never know how that's gonna go but they were so fucking good and it was like the perfect way to see them and i don't know them so i didn't really go and punish them or anything but i you know just <laughs> loved every second of it and my my friends from potion were there and I was just like, and a friend of mine, Ben, who lives in Melbourne, like he, he was in Sydney. So I, he came to the show and like, it was just so sick watching this band that I've been such a fan of since I was in school 
play songs like off this record and off another record that I really love. And they were so good at it. Like I, I was so, so happy. That's like, loved it. I love, I love it when like, you know, you, you get a chance to see something in it. It, it like, you know, it meets and or exceeds your, your expectations. So I fucking love yeah. that. Um, do, do Crowbar change much stylistically through their discography? Um, not, not particularly. I would say like prior to this, it's a bit more like raw sounding. And then the later record, I mean, people really like some of their newer records. Like, I mean, they put out a record two years ago, I guess. And, and people like it. I'm not the biggest fan of, of the more recent stuff. Um, but I think I'm jaded by how much I love the older stuff. (laughs) So, but like, I mean, even this, the shirt that I'm wearing, this is not like a early record. Like this is like a deep, I mean, it's like three records after broken glass. So right. like, I mean, I, I still like, I still like later stuff, but um, yeah, I mean, th- there's not too much variation. I would say <laughs> like yeah, they, okay. They, okay. they got a, they, they got a method that they stick to. <laughs> yeah. So if someone was, um, if someone was going to, like your know, check out crowbar just so happened because of this episode they could probably they could probably put on most records and they would get like the uh, a relatively similar sound yeah but i would say to anyone who's never heard them that wants to check them out because of my incredibly valuable opinion <laughs> i would i would say i would say listen to this listen to odd fellows rest listen to the self-titled record and listen to sonic excess in its purest form those four records are like that's crowbar to me is those four records mad mad okay well yeah. uh that was uh well i mean we're almost done that was uh what did i call it Reblivious repaximus uh so <laughs> this was um this was an idea that i pitched to aaron um a, a little while ago now uh just as a way of trying to you know shed like not that you need the help but like you know shed some light on just another podcast that i enjoy and uh very much enjoy the format i know that we've sort of i've blown smoke about that before um but yeah if, if you like just kind of the the way in which we did things today like this is a poor man's version of what aaron does uh, over <laughs> over at oblivious back it's a little bit more uh structured and like you know aaron takes a little bit more time to listen to like you know, what his guests suggest uh maybe more so than what i did on this one i kind of came in uh, a little bit underprepared i felt um but um yeah um hopefully um this is uh, aaron's third time haven't yet made an appearance on oblivious we'll see if uh, <clears throat> let's see if that changes pick a record (laughs) oh i don't i don't i I think it would be silly of me like not to continue the bit and just talk about rewind rewind rewind, repeat just come on oblivious and just talk the shit out of rewind repeat for like you know an hour and a half so that's my selection uh we'll 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 talk about rewind repeat by miles away all fucking night um yeah great so uh i i feel like i i can i feel like i could barely even do the um the uh quick fires with you anymore because this is now your third time on and i feel i've used every fucking question uh under the sun <laughs> like anything that i had written down so first thing i'm going to do is i'm going to pinch a couple that you bought like the new ones that you bought to the table okay. uh, for, for my last one um so uh, what is your favorite podcast um well i got a couple let me let me bring it up real quick yeah so i can well i would say probably historically over the years my favorite podcast is for i guess over the 
the course of how much I've listened to, probably uh, Comedy Bang Bang, which is like an improv comedy podcast. It's probably like one of like the historically one of like the longest running great podcasts, I would say. I listen to that a lot. It's very stupid, um, <laughs> but it's very funny. Um, every person that you've ever seen on any American comedy sitcom has been on it at some point in their Cause, life. Because they all come from fucking improv backgrounds. It's crazy. There you go. Yeah. So the, And that that's great. So if you haven't listened to Comedy Bang Bang, fucking good luck. There's a zillion episodes. So find one and with someone that you think is funny on it, and I'm sure you'll like it um i'm a big sucker for while everyone listens to it like big sucker for case file just because i like that dude talking about murder so i listen to listen to case file his voice Um, drives me up the fucking wall Uh, like yeah yeah it it annoys the fuck out i agree um uh, that being said the three-part series on silk road fucking moi yep, like great. Oh, unbelievable series that was top notch stuff and while he is obviously keeps his identity secret he is a australian punk fuck off no so, way seriously yeah Damn. so someone someone we know knows him i at a guess i'm fairly sure he's from sydney Damn. i would assume I would assume Graham from Resist knows who he is. Yeah. And <laughs> there we go. So Graz, who Graz will never listen to me talk, so he won't be <laughs> listening to this, but maybe Pete will and Abordi maybe find out who who that guy is. But no, he talked on one of the year-end case files, he talks about someone asked him, like, he did a Q&A one, and someone was like, what sort of music do you listen to? And he's like, Oh, I love bands like Body Jar and like, and I was like, oh, Here we he's go. a punk. He's he's some he's somewhere in our world. <laughs> yeah, so someone knows him, um, and I think probably two other podcasts that I listen to a lot. Uh, if you've never listened to BBC Radio's Desert Island Discs, listen to that as well. It is a radio show in the UK that they turn into a podcast and it is like uh, people from all walks of life talking about 10 songs that they would take to a desert island and listen to for the rest of their life i think that's probably like yeah i think it's probably like one of my favorite i don't really listen to music podcasts which is funny because we're doing one right now and i also do one but like i don't really listen to music podcasts so but that desert island this is one that i really like and then the other thing the last one that I want to talk that I wanted to mention is that it kind of covers a lot of different stuff, but HBO have started doing podcasts for all their new TV shows, and they're fucking awesome. They like break down every episode of a new TV show, um, and they've done it for uh, The Watchmen. They did it for Chernobyl. They've just started doing it for these two new shows, Raised by Wolves and Lovecraft Country. And like the they have someone from the show run like host the podcast, like oh, a writer or an executive producer. And they talk to people who worked on the show and it's like it's awesome. Like it's not just like you and me, two random people talking about the show. It's like people who 
like like you know like the the office podcast that we we're talking about yeah. the office ladies one like it, it's people who actually uh have something to do with it so those hbo ones are really cool and i hope they keep they keep doing that yeah sick. badass uh okay uh what is your uh like the 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 meal that you can cook the best um well i'm pretty good at just barbecuing standard you fare. are you are the barbecue I'm... king at work i've noticed you're, you're the guy that's uh that's you know sizzling the snags on a, on a friday afternoon that's for sure oh yeah and i don't think i'm like i don't think i'm the best person at barbecuing I'm, like people are way better at cooking food than i am but i just really like it so <laughs> i i i enjoy that um pretty good at making pasta too obviously mm. that's not that hard um yeah i'd say I, I would say like i really love cooking and i also oh and i think the other thing that i love is just doing anything in the slow cooker anything that's gonna oh, sit yeah. there for 12 hours <laughs> is up my alley stuff it so. in shut the lid see in fucking a yeah. day and a half and just sit there <laughs> sit there and look at it yeah that's it that's me um okay what about a meal that you would like to be able to cook um i would like to be better at baking sweet things i'm not very good at baking um, now, are we talking about like cookies and like you know muffins yeah stuff like and this? like yeah and cakes and things like that yeah, and i yeah. think that's because you need to be pretty good at maths to be good at baking <laughs> <laughs> and i'm really bad at maths so yeah i share that poor quality for sure um okay yeah. uh what about um one okay so everybody who knows you um and or has mm-hmm. listened to you talk on this pod knows that you're a, you're a bit of a beer fan um you if yep. you could only drink one beer for the rest of your life which one would it be um that's hard i don't know probably well i am a huge beer fan in that i love drinking beer that being said i am like the most boring person who drinks in that like i just like basic stuff i don't i mean i like fun beer sometimes but like generally speaking i'm just i mean i've drunk two forex golds in the time that we've been talking so i'm not i'm not like a connoisseur of alcohol but yeah um if i had to drink one beer forever although people would probably give me heaps of shit for it like it'd probably be something as basic as like a pure blonde or something just like it yeah. tastes the same. It's always fine. It's low carb and I'm fat, so it helps ease that off. It eases my burden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd probably it. be something basic like that. Yeah, no, I respect that. All right, Matt. Well, uh, I reckon this is as good a time as any to call it off. Um, Matt, thanks for coming on for the uh, for the, the ritualistic every 20 episode return. Um, this was fun. <laughs> thanks for getting me to, to listen to something that I may well have never listened to uh, like if we hadn't uh, if we hadn't done this. Um, did enjoy it. Um, I, yeah, again, I know I've said it. Love the new format of Oblivious. Uh, looking forward to whatever's coming next. If I may make a suggestion to anybody who's listening, uh, the Callum Preston episode where uh, they talk about uh, the Blue Album by Weezer, I think is probably mm. my, my favorite uh, of the new format. So I reckon that's the one that I would uh, suggest uh, straight up. Do you, do you have a favorite one of the of the new format since it started? Um, I don't think so. I, I, I really liked all of them. I, I liked, I did one with uh, this dude, Alec, who um, 
is he plays in this band nudie mag from the states and twitching tongues and stuff and he did the the following weezer record pinkerton and i think if you listen to me do the one with callum about the blue album and then listen to the one with alec about pinkerton that was really cool i'm i'm not like a huge weezer fan but it was cool doing and i've i kind of openly have put it out there they're like if anyone wants to talk about the next weezer record i'll just keep talking about it because <laughs> Turn, turns now into I've started. A, we- a weezer discography breakdown podcast <laughs> yeah with a bit be- with someone who doesn't really like the band that much yeah so totally <laughs> like, yeah i oh, love it all right man well thank you very much for coming back and uh we'll chat to you again Jordan.